All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. I'm very excited and very humbled and honored uh, to have the opportunity to interview uh, the one and only Ford from Phi Tribe. Uh, now, before we introduce Ford, I just want to say that for those that are not familiar, Phi Tribe is a, an absolutely, in my opinion, beautiful and fantastic channel that deals specifically with uh, harmonious tones that I think is extremely vital, whether one is looking to relax or uh, to uh, put them themselves in a certain uh, state of meditation, a certain thought of, excuse me, a certain thought oriented state. But even uh, perhaps I know this is something we've touched upon uh, off the record uh, privately for uh, for those interested in doing experiments pertaining to harmonics and acoustics, etc. I think that what uh, Ford and, and uh, team does on uh, on Phi Tribe on their YouTube channel specifically is absolutely uh, fantastic. And uh, dare I say, humbly, much more vital than many people may think. So without further ado, Ford, how are you doing today? And Again, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you very much for having me. I've been a huge fan of your show forever. It's so funny to, to see you and be talking with you like this. I, I love your stuff. And uh, it's funny because a lot of what we talk about is so uh, synergistic. It's all about toroidal mechanics, you know, and that's pretty much what you're all about. Exactly. I couldn't that. agree more. Yeah. Exactly. So um, one thing I'll say, and I say this in a congratulatory sense, is that your channel has done substantially well uh, with respects to whether it's views or just, you know, people complimenting in the comments, et cetera, et cetera. And I can certainly see why. So my first question is, what motivated you to start Phi Tribe to begin with? What were the, uh, whether direct or indirect, underlying motivations there? Uh, Phi Tribe, this is a, this is our fourth time trying this. And uh, I've been in music business for 30 years. I've worked for every, rec every record company you could think of, every major famous person. I've produced them, you know, music for them. But um, they were not interested. I, I thought I saw that there was this gaping hole in music that um, it could be used for so much so much of a better purpose, you know. And uh, I had this idea about making a record label that where the lyrics were positive and and things would be kind of be uplifting and that kind of a thing, you know, like having a, this niche thing. And for years, I couldn't get any of the guys in the labels to uh, to go for it. They all thought it was just a dumb idea. And um, and then in two thousand and five, I I had a spiritual awakening, and uh, then it became beyond. Um, you know, beyond anything of importance to me, I had I had to do this, and uh, I teamed up with a few people who we worked with together, and we tried this several times to make it work. And uh, a very very good friend of mine, Mike, uh, uh, Mix Mike, he was he's usually here doing these shows with me. He's on vacation right now, but um, we have been both into toroidal mechanics, and we're both very much into the 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 ether, the all the different uh, the spooky sides of uh, science, you know that stuff that we're really really into. We're both um, big time psychonauts, and um, Mike is very left brain, and I'm very right brain. So when we started to talk about these things, we started seeing this really interesting correlation between philosophy and mathematics, and and then when we, we the more we talked about it, the more we started to see that music was literally the thread that that sews these two things together. And I mean that literally, and that all, that's all through the toroidal mechanics. When you understand the Fibonacci, you understand uh, how the, how the movement of the waves goes through the goes through the toroid. Um, it does that in a very musical nature. And when you can um, get into that groove, you can really, really steer somebody to do to feel a certain way, make their consciousness kind of open up in different ways. And it's not just on or off. There's a variety. It's it's like a switch with like fifty different um, you know possibilities, you know. And you can really, really steer somebody into that uh, state of mind very, very easily using these these techniques. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. And as we see here, as I'm sharing my screen for the audience, when they, uh, for those that will be watching later on, uh, we see, for example, you have different, uh, I guess you could say, uh, harmonics and different videos tuned for different scenarios of an individual. So we have, for example, uh, we see here uh, PTSD relief in the 432 hertz spectrum, as opposed to, say, for example, uh, anxiety relief in this particular case. And then we have uh, the, you know, uh, the play world, which is more of a relaxing sort of uh, vibra vibratory rate that the 528 hertz uh, spectrum so if you don't mind me asking if is when deciding to upload certain videos with respects to the, the the motivation behind them and of course the frequency that drives the force that's going to dictate what the video entails what do you um 
do you go through sort of a, a, a testing process of say, for example, you say, okay, I want to do a 528 Hertz video. Do you go through some type of uh, vetting process of different tones at different uh, oscillations or resonances before uploading them? Or how, what's the process there, if I may ask? The process is just identifying something that we want to work on. And in, in, this isn't just uh, YouTubers coming up with this this thing. You know, this is like, this stuff has been tested in a, in thousands and thousands of medical journals. This has been tested over and over and over again. Right. But no, nobody does anything about it because it's too ingrained. You know, it all has to do with tuning and you'd have to radically change the music industry to make this stuff work. The technology we're using, we call Phi Balance. It's proprietary. It's something we created, um, but it is based on a lot of the same mechanics of what we hear about 432 Hertz and uh, 528 Hertz, which are just uh, specifically 432, which is a, a mathematical constant. So there's a lot of significance with that number um and then we get into the solfeggio tones which are also geometric all these uh the frequencies frequencies are based on the angles or angels right the the benedictine monks were the ones who created the solfeggio tones or discovered them rather so uh we, we kind of do a lot of research about what we want to what specifically thing we want to target and then we go into it and, and make the track for that specific thing. That, so you can relieve anxiety. Incredible. You can relieve, you can release toxins from the body and people like, they're like, Oh, ha ha ha. That's not good. And then they write a, a paragraph of in a comment section. They cannot believe that this thing happened to them the next day or whatever, you know, it's, it's, um, the, the state of balance is so underrated when you're in balance, you know, people know what that's like, the flow state. If anybody's ever been been in that creative zone, people call it the zone, like, oh, I'm so in the moment. I'm everything's just coming to me. You know, you're just um, Zen. Uh, Zen people talk about it, you know, living through life like you're four feet off the ground, you know, right. you're just kind of floating through life and everything's just coming to you. That's the flow state. That's the state you want to bring your consciousness to. And you can do that through the frequencies that we're um, giving you. And it does it through sympathetic resonance. You've ever seen someone break a wine glass by hitting the note? Their tone matches the frequency of the glass. The glass breaks, right? right. Um, or if you pull up to a traffic light, someone's bumping some bass music, and all of a sudden the mirror in your car is shaking, right? That's sympathetic resonance. So it's the same scientific principle that we're using these frequencies to uh, to sympathetic, become sympathetic to your body and mind. And what that does, I don't think anybody's really clear about the, the the real possibilities of where that can lead but it, it's I, could, I, I couldn't agree more and if i if i we may break that down a little bit in your opinion uh ford what is uh, what are one of the issues that perhaps in your view and or has been substantiated in either you know data based or you know consensus based or even peer review based uh uh studies um what is the dare i say issue for lack of a better word with the with the music industry and the broadcasting industry as we now know it to be the case in terms of the in terms of frequency resonances and the um again what many have called to be the butchering of certain harmonics deliberately yeah it's um I think the, the 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 problem is nobody knows about it, and then the people who do know about it uh, don't understand how significant it is. And if, if, uh, you know, to speak to the conspiracies, you could say this is all done by design. There's plenty of uh, stories that go along with what that was, you know. But they say that everything was 432 before the Nazis got involved and took over Austria and changed it uh, in 1953, I believe. But and there's some truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. But there was also truth that there were all kinds of tunings before uh, before then. So it's hard to say that the Nazis did this thing. But the bottom line is, yes, the tuning of the music that we listen to, 100% of the tuning of the music that we listen to is mathematically um, off. It's it's uh, out of sync, uh, if you will. Out of sync. Yeah. It's um, yeah, I'm looking for the word, but <laughs> it's, oh, no worries. <laughs> yeah, it's OK. But yeah, it's it's literally off. It's 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 almost opposite, almost opposite of what it needs to be. Right. And I think because for, cause it's an even number, right? We move, it's an even number. So you, you see the wave going up and down. It's it's literally pulling you in the opposite direction. And so just to clarify, you're stating you're saying currently it's an even number with respects to the standard Hertzian spectrum today. Correct. Yes. Right. Yes. Every, everybody uses a tuning of 440 today. That's I would say that's 99 percent of, of all music out there. And and all of the instruments that we use are specifically made to to resonate with that frequency very well. So this has been in, in in the music you know world forever. This is just a this is a standard. It literally is a global standard, but that standard is uh is not really good for you.
and this, for you. And then this, there's also stories of Montauk and things like that, you know, on this stuff. So right, right, it's it, deep. <laughs> it's very deep. much I'm so. I, I was going to ask if, if perhaps <laughs> if you wanted to expand on on Montauk, if that if that would be okay with you. But before we did that, um, I wanted to ask if. Uh, Dare I say, for, for people that are not as, uh, I guess you could say, musically inclined, uh, such as, for example, myself, I, I have a lot of uh, people in my audience, both public and, and private on the member side that are very much inclined. And, and for those that are listening or watching to this now, uh, you certainly know who you folks are. And uh, the question I'd like to ask here is, forgive me if this is a bit of a, a novice or, you know, rookie question, but is there an underlying sort of standard that is set even in the studio, in recording studios with respects to the spectrum on which certain say records are, are vocalized over, et cetera, et cetera. And if so, this standard, I, I take it is just simply not questioned by studio producers or am I miss, am I off completely? You're 100% correct. Yes, it's a standard that everybody follows and it, nobody questions it. Nobody even thinks about it. That's just the standard. I mean, that's just what you're taught. Are we all tuned to 440? We all tuned to A is equals to 440 hertz. That's how every instrument can play with one another. We all say, okay, we're going to play G together and we play G, right? That's That, that tuning is what's required to do that. But what they're doing is we're, we're with the number that we're setting that initial tuning to is off off from what you need to be to be in line with the toroidal mechanics right got you and so the whole trick is to get right through that dipole right that's the whole point right to pull you right into that right into the nowness right right and the, the other frequencies are literally pulling you out of it so if i may say if we were to liken this for example to a a liquid or a fluid or a viscous uh, example if we were to have say a stream of um of a let's just say water and water would represent say when you're going to uh, say pluck a, a a chord on a guitar or a bass or etc the frequency in which that resonance then rides on is is yeah. what the standard is is what you're saying yes yes okay. yes and right. everything is harmonic to that everything is harmonic to that frequency you see Got what I mean? you. But, but that frequency is uh is off from nature it's it's literally off right and it speaks to this like do you do you find um that frequencies that are more uneven numbers tend to be more um appropriately resonating with individuals in a positive sense than even numbers no i wouldn't say it's uh, so much of an even odd thing it's more of just following tesla's 369 principle maxwell's principle of the function of a wave which is the 369 you know the three beginning uh, is the is the trough i mean is is the uh the peak and then uh that's that represents the newness of something, and then it dips down into the trough, which is a six represented by the six, because that's the opposite of what you're trying to find out, and then it comes back up to the top of the trough again. I'm up to the, the crest again, and uh, that's a, represented by nine, which is completion. It's the it's the new gnosis that comes from uh, the question, uh, learning about its opposite, and then the completion is nine. So Tesla mm -hmm. thought there was very significant things with the three, six, and nine, and I agree. Uh, when we start finding these frequencies, we're pretty much just isolating the ones that that are falling in line with that. I, I, and, I would actually strongly agree as well. For me, more yeah. of a physics thing, but I think it's one and the same when we get into harmonics and et cetera, et cetera, because the, it literally is the same. It's physics. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Very well put. Well, with that said, I'd love to know, Ford, um, your perspective yeah. on the potential influences of the Montauk project and how that may have uh, factored into your understanding of uh, current harmonics and the standards of such and all that as we know it today. You know, I wouldn't even be the person to ask about that. I just I've, I've heard rumors. I've I've I know somebody who was there. I can't mention names. Um could, by and... chance, not to put you on the spot, would you, to, <laughs> would you be able to elaborate on the individual, not with respects to details or identity at all, but with respects to anything they may have told you about what it was like? When there, they... there is a lot to do with uh, binaural beats and 432, and that was pretty much all I got, you know? Um you right. know, it's that's something that you just, you just don't talk about. No, well, it's, it's it. a very, it's, it's very unfortunately, it's a, uh, yeah. a, and I'm watching my words here as well. It's a very unfortunate, uh, ominous, and dangerous uh, thing to, to, to subject an alleged project that that took place. So, uh, right, yeah. so absolutely, yeah. The the other thing I wanted to ask was that, do you find that 
when inducing certain hurts um, with certain uh, videos, et cetera, of course, we, we have to factor in the variables of the, you know, the YouTube algorithm, the time of day the videos are posted, et cetera, et cetera. But do you ever find from an intuitive energetic standpoint that certain videos or frequencies put in specific videos tend to resonate more with, uh, with your audience compared to others in the sense that, for example, um, uh, we see we, you have some videos where you've gotten well over a, a million views, for example, right? And your other ones have gotten lots of views as well. But do you find, for example, certain videos um, in, in in combination perhaps with, you know, the algorithm uh, assisting you guys, but of course the, the work you put in is, is substantial as well. Do you find that there's, um, dare I say, a, an immaterial unspoken resonance that a lot of people in your audience tend to favor more than others in some cases? Yeah, unquestionably, the chakra third eye tuning, um, that one has over almost 9 million views now. Wow. Um, yeah, in, in one year, we've, it's, it's only not even a year old, actually. Right. Um, so, yeah, that one is very, very popular. But the reason it's popular is because it induces lucid dream. So significant about that particular one is, A, the frequency of, of the pineal, uh, which is what the third eye is all about, is very, very close to 432 hertz. So if you double that, uh, that would be the frequency of the pineal gland. So you've got 432 working directly with it. And then also uh, the binaural beats that I'm using in that uh, are designed to keep you in the hypnagogic state for as long as possible. So uh, people familiar with the hypnagogic state, it's that place that you get to right before you fall asleep and you're just about to doze off. And you might have a dream that's kind of like kind of coming into reality and, and out of reality. And and if, you know, a lot of people have had that experience before, and that's a lucid dream. Um, some people can get very, very good at getting into that state. Sorry, could, we, if Ford, get... could we describe this sure. perhaps as the in-between transition stage, if you will? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you're falling asleep, there's there's a, there's a state that you get to called the hypnagogic state, which is just a, a frequent state of mind that is between the REM and wakefulness. So it's right in between there. And what's happening is you're oscillating between the two before you finally get on track and then you dip into an REM sleep. So there's a lucidity that happens there. There's a, there's a point where you're kind of in a dream and, and, and kind of lucid of the fact that you're in that you're in a dream. But that usually only lasts for a, just, a, just a, a brief moment. Now, you can use these frequencies to hold somebody in the hypnagogic state. And when you can stay there, you can have what's called lucid dreaming. You can literally be aware that you're dreaming while you're dreaming. And it, it takes practice, but the frequency will definitely bring you there all throughout the night. And you'll kind of feel like, God, I didn't get any sleep. I was awake the whole night. But literally, you were in the REM state for the whole night. So you got plenty of rest. But what you're doing is you can practice and get to a point where you know, for most people, like just, just the realization that you're dreaming is enough to end the dream. But as you practice and you start to get familiar doing it, you can hold on to the experience longer and longer. And the longer you can hold on to it, you can fly like Superman, make flowers grow on the wall. You can do anything you want to bend your reality. Sound familiar? Right. So I'm <laughs> right. So it's kind yep. of like I'm kind of I'm kind of suggesting, and where I'm coming from is might sound really, really out there, but I come from a non-dual perspective. I kind of come from a place where, you know, how do you know when you set foot off the bed this morning, you woke up that, that you're not just stepping into another dream? That it's just a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream forever, always reflecting who you've become. A fractalized state of a fractalized self. state of the self. Yeah. Right. Of, of self-reflection, no pun intended on the reflection part, but yes. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And right. it, is pun it is pun intended because that's fractal, right? <laughs> right, right. No, I, I, I couldn't actually very well put, I couldn't agree more. Um, one thing as well I wanted to ask was that I'm I'm looking here just through your channel and we see, for example, we have a, you know, a, a three, uh, what's called three DNA, 432 Hertz. And then we compare that or contrast that with, for example, um, a shamanic drumming ceremony of a psychedelic 5D journey at 432 hertz do you find that sticking with the 432 hertz more than other hertzian frequencies tends to have the most uh beneficial effect regardless of the intent of the of that particular video not that i have found yet i i find all of the frequencies that we do we, we do probably about uh, maybe 20 altogether uh, are very significant there's a lot that i've tried that are just kind of you know bull i don't you know mess with right. them but right you can tell you can tell because your what happens is your bones start to vibrate like it's it's right. very it's very akin to being like at a concert and standing next to the speakers like getting up real close and you kind of feel like your whole body shaking it's very much like that when the resonance happens it's undeniable you just feel it inside of you
Right. I actually, it's very well put because that's something that was going to take me to my next question, which was this idea of feeling a, a tone or a rhythm or a sound more than actually trying to logically understand it in the studio when, when editing, but perhaps a combination of that merging into a center point. So you have a combination of both using logic when editing and also uh, intuition speaks to that non-duality angle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, sorry. I, lost my train of thought there just then i was going to say something oh no problem no problem because no, there's, okay. there's quite a few things i wanted to say as well too i mean i, I will tell everybody oh, that, I just, uh, sorry i just re i just remembered so please, what i was at uh, where you were pointing out there with the 3dna what we have between the the, sh the the different frequencies and different playlists so we have music we're trying to have a a, a place where we have music for every situation right there's music to work out to there's music to sleep to there's music to study to there's music to meditate to there's music to have sex to whatever you want you know we, we're we're trying to create the, the music for every environment because music is what kind of sews your whole reality together, you know? So you can bring this flow state into every every moment and have higher performance, have higher everything. So that's why there's so many different variety of styles of music. And as far as the frequencies go, we like I'm like I said before, we're just sticking with these the, the ones that are just seem to be the most effective. And what's interesting is the frequencies, uh, specifically the solfeggio frequencies, are all based on geometry. So uh, you know. I'm a big believer that uh, that you know the Benedictine monks and music in the in the beginning was it, music was used as a healing modality, and the churches were hospitals. That's just where you went to heal, and they used the fractality of the angles in the church to match and mirrored with the the angles or you know of the uh, uh, of the music of the geometry that's creating the music. So the frequency and the angles are are sympathetic with one another. So it kind of creates this fractal. Amplifier too. The, the angles are so, harmonically sort of locking in with other angles. Yeah, it's kind of like a, they're right. harmonic, and it, they build on top of each other to be more intense. You know. Right. Right. So, you know, I, that's just my own thought, but I just think that there's something very, very significant. Oh, I, I lost that information, or you know, whatever's happened. I, I couldn't agree. I abs yeah. absolutely, completely agree. I couldn't agree more. As a matter of fact, one of the things I wanted to ask is that. Um, what is the, uh, this may be a little bit of a long question, but what is the ratio if you were to put, say, a, a rough percentage or even just a general ratio in terms of effective versus non-effective frequencies when you're in the studio? And I ask this because I wonder if, because for me, as you know, I'm, I'm a physics person nowadays. So I, for me, when I'm in a facility or I'm experimenting or whatever, there, there's quite a lot of times where um contrary to what a lot of people may think, where I'm spending many hours just making adjustments of a device before it actually gets to work, for example. So what, for example, when you guys are in the studio or you're working on a new video or a new tone, a new sound, et cetera, regardless of what you're trying to dive into, do you find, for example, a trial and error type situation? Um, it, it's less trial and error and, and more of... Um limitation on what i what i can do and what i can't do mm. so music is made from rules that's what music theory is all about otherwise it's just sound chaos right so we right. have these rules we say it's going to be this tempo this key this whatever right and we set these parameters and if, as long as we stay in those parameters we're all playing together and so what this is is just a tighter sense uh, sense set of rules it's just uh you know I, I can only play these notes instead of this whole scale i can only play you know these this type of sound with this frequency so there's a lot of like limitations in that way which really kind of it's actually it's, it's pretty hard to be creative when you're limited so much you know because you really have to think out of the box of how i can make this interesting you know and right. it, it gets yeah. so yeah it's really more about that is and really too with the sleep music is you have to there's so if, if you took away the music it just goes whoa, 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 whoa. it just has all these crazy sounds right it just sounds like insane you could never sleep to that so the music is designed to kind of like go over that in a harmonic way that you don't really hear that so much. You just kind of hear the music. And that's really the point of it. It's just to kind of keep that right. in there. Right, right. Now, with, with respects to what you said about how there's more, uh, you could say, confined uh, options to choose from when you're when you're trying to align, you're creating a, a video and, you, you know, again, you're clearly very aware of, uh, and uh, dare I say, a subject matter expert on discerning what tones are appropriate on what frequencies, etc. Now, within that that small band compared to the rest that I guess is not ideal to use, is it possible to combine some of the frequencies within that small band, which then create perhaps a, a which then birth a new type of resonant frequency from the two being mixed together? 
on on some things on the chakra frequencies there's there's some possibility of that even so limited with the solfeggio absolutely not the the, the frequencies themselves are not harmonic with one another so a lot of times you'll see these um you know programs out there on youtube they'll say all nine solfeggio frequencies and that's how you know it's bogus because it would sound like trash if all nine solfeggio frequencies were in there at the same time uh, yeah they're, they're not musical together they just have their own they are an, they are their own standard onto themselves if that makes sense uh, you. no I, I absolutely yes because yeah. this to me, this reminds me of certain elements within physics where you can you can combine anything you want, ultimately, but certain things are far more fluid and have a very, dare I say, magical result in certain ca cases compared to other situations. Now, what's interesting is that a correlation between my line of work and what you guys do is that I find the same situation when it comes to whether uh, light or uh, different types of, uh, let's say, certain uh, materials of either magnets or, you know, uh, ceramics, et cetera, et cetera, where the combination or when summing the vectors to zero, for lack of a better term, in whatever context of what I'm doing is very precise. And by just even being off by a little bit, you're not going to tap that, that resonant, uh, that sympathetic resonance in a particle physics sense. It seems to be absolutely identical with what your line of work is. Yeah. Very, very similar. Uh, it's really just a matter of fractality, really. Like how many times can I reinforce this, this concept over and over again in the music to kind of, uh, entrain you to that. And, uh, yeah, if you get if you get any of it off, it's it's you're definitely you're doing yourself a disservice. It's going to throw the whole thing off. So there's a people have no idea how long these things take. They think it's just like a droning thing, and I just put a little melody on it, and that's it. Like there's there's so much thought and science that goes into this before we before we even record the very how, first thing. How many yeah. between the with respects to the creative process of when you work on uh, developing your 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 songs and all of that before you so eloquently and beautifully put them out. Um, because I actually will say to you and to the audience, I've fallen asleep to a few of them myself in the last handful of nights, and I, I don't plan to stop, which I want to thank, thank you. you, by the way. Um, thank you. The, no, thank you. Uh, the, the creative process, what's that like in terms of um, on average? Is it, for example, I imagine, um, again, it's akin to per perhaps developing uh, uh, an instrumental song with lyrics, et cetera, where there's a, maybe a discussion with your colleagues, maybe there's a, you're finding a rhythm and then you kind of build from there. Or is it not necessarily the case with what you guys do in terms of, is it a multi-day process by the time you have a conversation, find the tune, edit it, and then publish? Or what? what's that like? Yeah, well, uh, there's, Mike and I generally work separately. He he works on his projects. I work on my projects. We talk about them and, and talk about different ways we can you know make them better. But um, it's mostly of just, it begins with a lot of research. I'm, I just kind of do look through the medical journals and just look at what I want to, which, what, what I want to focus on and what, you know, what could be helpful. And oh, that's wait, where, sorry, that's you where said it begins you look, for me. Sorry, you said you look yeah. through the medical journals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's in, that, yeah. that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And the studies have already been done by Harvard and all kinds of people. Right. Yeah, this, this is like, it's, this is not, this is not a secret. <laughs> it's just nobody's right. doing anything about it. You know, we all, just, right. there's it's a consensus. Like, These frequencies are better for you. You sound like you sound like me using <laughs> one of my talking points for when people talk about, well, what about certain things with, you know, gravity, et cetera? Well, it's out there. It's just, you know, papers are published and nothing really comes of it after that. I take it. It's the same thing in, with what you find. Same thing. Same thing. Right. Absolutely the same thing. So, yeah. And then the people that, you know, there's, there are people doing it, but then, uh, you know, I, they're not they may they may be interested in the subject but they're not music producers right they don't have that kind of background to really know how i can put this together in a very 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 cool way you know an effective way so i have that going for me too and mike as well where we have we already have this deep background in music and production and, and making records and now we're just throw this on that is man you really uh my audience is probably just learned the science and now they have to learn music right yeah. right uh <laughs> Go ahead. My, my audience is no sorry my audience is probably gonna have a little bit of a laugh because i i've perked up now that uh you said that you use medical journals to or papers to help sort oh, of sure. yeah right so i yeah, take yeah. you go through so the process of that is going through essentially what you find to be the most beneficial with respects to various types of healing for example and then you you take it from there yeah yeah uh for example the the last one i, I did was 174 hertz which is a solfeggio frequency now i already decided i was going to do the solfeggio tones at that point but because uh, there's nine of them all together but the 174 hertz just did some research and just found that harvard actually did two studies on 174 hertz for pain relief 
Yes, it works. It works better than a placebo, right? It, Right. it definitely reduces the pain, it reduces the pain, it reduces inflammation. Why we're not using this? I don't know. You know, maybe Right. because it doesn't come in a bottle, but, um, you know, that's it. Difficult to patent. Yeah. Difficult to patent, right? Yeah. How are you going to make money on it? That's another big thing, you know? So, you know, I just want to help people, you know, it'd be great if we could make a, make a decent living at this. That'd be awesome. You know, but really I, there's so much satisfaction and, and just getting these comments and emails from people that they're just, you know, I haven't slept in six months or, you know, I, I have PTSD and now I don't have PTSD anymore. I have terrible anxiety and I haven't been out of the house in months and now I can leave. Like I get those kind of comments every day. It's like incredible. Yeah. So early in my career, I would get autographed and people ask my autograph or say they would reminisce about some song I made, but this is so much more rewarding. I kind of, it's like, I dare I say, I sound like a doc. I feel like a doctor a little bit, you know, I feel like, wow, I've really, really helped somebody. And that is so, man, there's no better feeling than that. You know, that's, that's the reward. If you're chasing a Lamborghini, I promise you, you're chasing the wrong thing, you know, chase helping people. That's man, that fills it up. I know that sounds cliche and dumb, but it's the No, truth. no, it doesn't at all. I mean, I've often said quite uh, truthfully that by helping oneself, you begin to help others directly Absolutely. and indirectly, right? So Yeah. by working on your music, you are by definition, not just working on yourself, but helping others via the dissemination of it. Absolutely. And there's a you know, real, real esoteric philosophy behind that too, right? Dan Winter talks about it all the Right. time. The, the chalice of the of the cup of, uh, you know, the Holy Grail is the cup of the heart. You got to fill it up first and let it kind of spill over. And that spilled over, you just give away. You just give as much of it as you, as you can because your cup is already full. Right. Very, very well put. And then you'd be surprised how the actual container or size of the cup grows as you begin to remove some of your, uh, if you could say, if you begin to help others in that sense. So Yeah. that it becomes more of like a Klein bottle type situation. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Very, Yeah. very well put. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask was with respect to, um, for those that are not familiar, although I'm certain most are, um, sound baths. I, one thing I've, I've written down here to keep in mind is that I had done a sound bath probably a month ago, privately, um, unexpectedly did a session uh, with someone who uh, did a very good job, in my opinion. I could feel my uh, chakras uh, aligning and resonating in that sense. Um, but I, I wanted to ask if you've come across this or others have told you about it, et cetera, where there's sort of a um, a breathing slash humming exercise during the sound bath as well, where what you find is that I've noticed, for example, this idea of, uh, I guess you could say unconscious or un um, anxiety or stress or anything that negative that tends to be relieved through that breathing method where you start to sort of inhale and then you exhale and then you notice that as you exhale the sort of aggressive hum decreases every time um do you find for example that you, whether it's with that specifically or in general do you find that your your work tends to help with those type of exercises Yes, absolutely. There's two different ways you can listen to this. You can use headphones, and that's how you're going to get the most of the binaural beat aspect of it, which is not the phi balance. So the phi balance and binaural beats are two separate things. So the binaural beats, you need to use headphones, or you need to center yourself between two stereo speakers in order for that to work. Right. Now, that part is just for the, the theta state and bringing you to that lucid dream state, or it's to bring you to the delta state, which is a deep, deep, deep sleep state. Now, the other way you can listen to it is to do a sound bath like you're talking about, which is where you would, you'd, if you have a good sound system in your house, um, try one of the solfeggio frequencies and play it really loud. and sit in between two speakers and just see if you can stand it for 10 minutes because your body's going to be vibrating so incredibly wild. You're just going to be like, first you'll, you'll start to get in a very meditative state and it'll just get so intense after about 10 minutes. You're just like, Oh my God, I, you know, I can't even hold on. It's just, it's just too much, you know? Right. So it'll definitely have that effect on you. And yes, as for the, uh, for the, the breathing and the humming, that is a big part of it. So all of the music, even though it has what you, you hear like the chord change, changes in this song right it would, have, it would go through parts but if you listen carefully all of the songs have one single note that holds through the entire song and it never changes so if you can isolate that one note and hum along with it it's going to further bring you into balance and it's going to help you relieve the anxiety which is you you dispel that stuff from your body um, we hold all of our anxieties in our muscles and our tissue that's where we hold it and these frequencies will just literally vibrate it right out of your body And if you can get it to come out in a hum, it's another great way of, of getting that out because you're just kind of in training yourself more. You're hearing the frequency, you're singing the frequency, you're feeling the frequency. It's just creating more fractality of sympathetic resonance. Right now, this um, this 
you brought up here this note that is that holds and is consistent throughout an experience or a song, etc. Is this one particular note in, in in specific, or is this sort of a it's it's speaking to the notion of a consistent sort of harmonic, depending on what you're listening to? Yeah, no, all of the songs that are centered around one specific frequency, like 528, okay. for example, right? So, and that would be that frequency is a note, right? And that's right. the note that's held. And everything else is just accompaniment around it. It's just there to kind of like make that one note interesting so you can stand to listen to it for more than five minutes. Because if it's just going, boop, and you got boop, 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 all this stuff going on, it's just, you know, you can't, you can't listen to that. Right, exactly. Now, do you think that even, for example, when lying in between, uh, actually, before I ask you that, what, in your opinion, would be considered a good sound system? And I know, forgive me, that's probably an arbitrary general question for an expert like yourself in the field. The reason I ask is because there's been a lot of debate lately about, you know, there being certain sound systems people recommend you do versus don't order because of for example, certain, you know, underlying uh, preset uh, functions of of certain um, pieces of, of, you know, Bluetooth speakers or et cetera, et cetera. Is there anything that you recommend in that regard? Yeah, I haven't heard any of those conspiracies, but I'm very intrigued. intrigued. But um, uh, no, I mean, look, just get what you like, you know, just get something right. that, that has a good good sound system. A, a good amp is going to help, help the bass come through without you having to make it too loud. So uh, something with a good amp on it is good. It could just be a Bluetooth speaker, but if you really want to go for the sound bath experience, you know, uh, play it, play it on a good, a pretty good system. It's something decent, not just a tiny Bluetooth speaker, and definitely not from your phone. That's not going to do it. Now, if you don't have a sound system, if you don't have a stereo, uh, go in your car, but don't drive because it, it's not safe to drive like that because right. you, you're you're totally out of it, you know. But your right. sound and your your car is probably good enough too. Mm, okay, got you. Thank you. Well, with that said, when you are, for example, lying in between two speakers, are there um, are there certain frequencies that you were, for example, would you say that if you had um, your song playing on one speaker, you would then play the the uh, the same one at the exact same time on the other speaker for a potential amplification, perhaps? No, I mean, it, it's okay. not, it's two speakers are not required, but, you know, typically, and I guess I'm dating myself, you buy a stereo, it's got two a left and a right speaker, right? And then that's what I'm talking about to get that oh. left and right. The, the, the binaural beats, like I said, is separate from the five balance. So if you want to take advantage of the binaural beats, you have to be given, putting yourself in, inside the center of the stereo image, because it's doing this, it's kind of like bringing you this way. And then what happens is, You've got one frequency playing in the right ear, one frequency playing in the left, and the differential is what your mind entrains to. That's binaural beats. That is separate from phi balance, which is a tuning aspect, which is, has more to do with the toroidal mechanics. Now, that the phi balance only requires one speaker to be effective. You can, in fact, that you could play just on, on your phone speakers. It would, it would still do the trick. And you know, you'll feel it in the room. If you just let it play in the room and leave and then come back to the room, It'll literally, literally five balance the room. I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's gonna be it'll start fractally organizing the ether, if you will, in the room. That's incredible. Do you get a um I guess because there it's difficult to put an official definition or word on this, but do you get a, a feeling that there's been sort of a uh, a restabilization of a more um, appropriate balance in the room, say when you were to walk into it or get up from a meditative uh, experience using these these harmonics? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Uh, a lot of times if I leave, I'll put that put it on for my dog while I'm gone, you know, and first of all, my dog is usually like knocking me over like Dino when I come home, you know, but if I put that music on, he's in the bed, he doesn't even hear me come home, you know, he's, he's totally asleep. And you can walk in the room and it just feels like this, um, fog of purity i don't know how else to say it it just sure. has this, it just feels like whoa you kind of walk in you go wow that just really you definitely notice a difference that i also is... use it to charge the water too that's another thing i do uh you can i use a big jar of water i have a couple of videos on this and i just put headphones on the jar of water and I leave and let it play for eight hours and charge the water try drinking that what i was gonna ask you about water and yeah. Because there's definitely a significant uh, role with that, whether it's, for example, um, uh, people dealing with uh, Mr. Um, uh, Masaru Emoto with cymatics and water, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. So you you've put you put uh, your headphones around, say, a bowl of water or a glass. Yeah, cup. I've just I've just got a big a big mason jar that I got, uh, you know, at the store, and it just holds about a gallon of water, like a glass jar, and I just put literally just put put it on the counter and I put headphones on both sides, so I treat it like a big head.
you know doesn't even need nice. to be stereo. It just seems to be a speaker on it. But yeah, I mean, if you believe uh, the Fujimoto stuff, and that's that, that's all like what he's talking about. And I know that he's lost some credibility over the years because it wasn't so scientific. But however, you had, uh, I, forget, I forget her name. Oh, Veda. Her Veda. On your show. Yes, yes. She yes. was fascinating, right? Yes, the, yes. The, because the woman who was doing picking up his work, the photo, photographing the, the the ice and the water, yeah. Particularly because of the repeatability within the petri dishes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, she, in fairness, she has not implemented sound. She's doing strictly uh, intent and things like this. But it's interesting to note, as you say, the correlations between how liquid or the water itself seems to have a response to it. Now. When you are utilizing your, uh, when you put the headphones around the water or or, or whatever liquid or, or any of that case, do you find that there's, um, you find that the, the longer you let that, that resonant effect uh, focus uh, and direct itself towards like the, the sound is put towards the water, do you find more of a, how can I say it, um, uh, sympathetic uh, for lack of a better term sympathetic intuitive effect when you drink the water for example after many many hours of having it playing on a certain you know body of water um i can't say that there's any direct thing that i've noticed it's not like you drink this magic juice and all of a sudden you're right, feeling, right, you know, right. like you're right. you're tripping or anything well the, but, sorry, um, the reason i ask is because yeah, I, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm trying to correlate <laughs> i <this>. wish <laughs> right right i'm just thinking of for example when people deal with uh, what's called like a corona discharge in electricity and they you know they touch it and there's a response i was just wondering if there was anything of maybe that kind when drinking the water or observing it but it, it was just curious yeah, I can't say I've noticed any specific effects. I just, uh, in principle, it seems like that would be uh, a no-brainer, you know? Right, right. Well, I can say certainly uh, there are effects happening on the, you could say, quantum or nano level, just not observable. It's a it's a matter of bringing it into the the observable in, in that sense, if you will. Um, yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to ask about was the idea of the left versus right brain sort of hemisphere angle. Do you find that certain sounds tend to uh, perk someone up in uh, intellectual thought more than others, for example? I mean, of course, we know that, you know, certain resonances and harmonics will put people to sleep uh, uh, very rapidly in many cases. But do you ever find any sounds that say you're in the studio or you're, you're doing some editing, uh, whether with yourself or with others, and you find that, you know, for example... Uh, you were, I, I guess, dare I say, far more um, intellectually or mentally inclined to think of something far more longer for longer periods of time when a certain sound or resonance was playing compared to others. Um, yeah, the, the longer that you listen to it, the, the more of a, more effective it's going to have. And the reason I can't isolate any differences in the water is because I also listen to them at night and, and I'm making the music all day long. So right. it's hard to say what's causing what, you know, uh, right. how do I, how do I feel? I feel amazing. I was depressed most of my life, you know, even, even having success and gold records and all that, I was still the the depressed, shy, awkward kid that I was, you know, when I was, when I was younger. Right. So that, this, that doesn't leave you. And it doesn't matter how many gold records you hang on your wall, you're still that person right you have to work on yourself so i had all kinds of problems and this stuff is like totally changed that for me you know it's just it's totally just it's you know of course there's been a spiritual awakening there too but just all of it all encompassing is just Right. So radically changed my life that I really can't even articulate it. If I may ask, with respect to this idea, with uh, with with uh, depression and all of that, do you find that when playing certain sympathetic frequencies for prolonged periods of time, it is dare I say, just for lack of a better uh, way to address this uh, verbally, is it more difficult to uh, to succumb to the depression when certain frequencies or sounds are played? Um. I, I couldn't speak definitively or scientifically about that, but I would say that there there is a lot of things I can point to within the 440 hertz, which is the the, the universal standard, that would pull you what is what is what I would say is out of flow state. It's pulling you out of that mm. out of that trough, right? Right, so right, right. It and I think that it's that that lack of congruence. There's this uh, there's the lack of coherence rather that is what makes everything feel uncomfortable everything feels like there's no stability or security mm. if in that uncomfort if you're not comfortable with that can create anxiety and ptsd and all kinds of things so well, i think that's yes. where this helps you know right but the reason i ask is because a lot of people have said to me you know for example they've said to me privately very privately they go dave you know i see uh, for example i was uh you know not necessarily uh 
uh, feeling so great about myself until, you know, certain resonances were played over in fairness over prolonged periods of time, many weeks, for example. But yeah. they, they state that, for example, um, in their opinion, they they describe it far, being far more difficult to even if they were to tr someone had said to me one time, uh, Dave, you know, I tried to sort of bring myself back into that depressive state and it was far more difficult to in, in the sense in a good way as if it was they had jumped to another frequency band or or density that was far lighter that did not want to sort of go back to that chaotic uh, state, if you will. That's 100% correct. I mean, this is, that's what we're talking about when we're, we're talking about self-realization and self-awareness, right? First, you, you become self-aware of the truth of what's going on, or at least getting a sense of what's going on. And that's the opening of your root chakra, right? Mm. And then and then as we raise our vibration, we move into the sacral and into the solar plexus and into the heart. And each of these, each of these chakras uh, have their own specific frequency that we know of, right? And that's what we're we're uh, you know aligning you to. And uh, you know that's people say it's woo stuff. You know it's based on Ayurvedic medicine, which uh, I would a, say I would say it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's not. It's a it's a medicine for people who don't know. It's a medicine that was practiced in the East for five thousand years. Now, to be generous, we've been practicing Western medicine for 200 years, and that's really being generous, right? right so right. you're, it's, we've been so conditioned to question anything that is anything that isn't Western medicine has got to be bunk. Well, how does something stay in practice for 5,000 years if there's nothing to it, right? There's mm -hmm. something to it, right? Right. So that's that's what the chakra system is all based on, and you know, there's different frequencies for each of the chakras, and as you awaken, you start to look at the world different. You start to attract different things. You your your vibration raises and the things that were sympathetic to you before are no longer going to be sympathetic to you and they're going to fall away from your life and new that space is going to be filled in by somebody at that frequency that you're vibrating at and the whole you know the whole point of all this I, and i think that dan would say the same thing is it's, it's about refinement right we're right, it's right. about re refining the mind and the mind it's really one thing right and it's just about refinement, in my opinion, you know, well, it, until to, you fully waken up and out. Right, yeah. right. To, to your point, uh, it reminds me of um, the, if we go back for a moment, the idea of using sound to shatter glass, you've now matched the sympathetic resonance of the glass. Now, um, if we were to take a metaphorically and metaphysically, the idea of one or water being within a glass representative of one's life, for example, if this once the sound shatters the glass, that glass shatters. And in the process of the shattering, it may seem very chaotic in the understandably so from the perspective of the individual, perhaps starting a new point in their life or, you know, starting a new, et cetera, et cetera. I find it quite interesting to find that what a lot of people may not realize is that in my opinion, at least you find that once that glass shatters, you are now able to then uh, metaphorically swim and maneuver through an even larger glass. And then even that one eventually shatters, which speaks to the idea of the growth of self. Yeah, there's there's definitely a, that's a great beautiful way of thinking about it for sure. You know, I think what's the, the for me the most practical way of thinking about it is just thinking about it as a tuning, rather than you're raising yourself through these chakras. What you want to do is you want to uh, gain uh, an ability to control that chakra. So, uh, you know, chakras sound like I said sounds kind of hokey. So I say we say we call them mind centers because that's really what they are. You know. Right. You You've got more neurons and, and neural connectivity in your in your gut than you do your brain. It's the same thing as your heart. So when we say we're thinking with our gut, we're thinking with our, our sacral or our solar plexus. If we've fallen in love, we're thinking with our heart. Uh, if we have something important we want to say, we're thinking with our throat chakra. So that's what the chakras represent. And if you think about it, what happens is they, for whatever reason, these different aspects of mind become out of tune. They become off balance. And if if anybody's out there who's a, a musician or plays guitar or whatever, you know, if you have six strings on a guitar, if you have one string that's out, out of tune, well, it doesn't matter what you play. Everything you play is going to sound like shit, right? It's all going to sound, right? So you've got to get them in tune. So as you awaken... Sorry, to even if, Derek, just to ask, even if you played a resonant or sympathetic song on the wrong frequency it'll still be out of tune yeah yeah absolutely right. yeah right. it has to be right and it doesn't matter if, if, if just one string is out the whole thing is a mess right, right. so so you've got right. to, you've got to just get a hold of each of the chakras get them in tune balance them get them right move on to the next and that's what you do when you tune a guitar you start with one note you get that to the right frequency and then you do the second note and you match the second note to the first note and you just keep building on that and that's how you tune an instrument 
your body is an instrument. Your body is the most sophisticated instrument you will ever own in your life. Mm, the, the right? Beautifully put. If I may ask, the, the, just to clarify for myself and perhaps others, that if we stick with that tuning example for a moment, the tuning is all based on one frequency, however, in which is sort of in preset, correct? Yes. The, the tuning right. is based on 440 hertz, which is has been preset. Yeah. And right. it's off. <laughs> why why just curious very quickly, why do you think 440 was chosen, say over 450 or you know 430, 420, etc.? You can get into a rabbit hole of conspiracies with that. You know, okay. uh, you know, I could tell you that the Nazis were involved in it. Uh Joseph Goebbels was the head of ministry and propaganda in Austria when this decision was made. So he was mm. Definitely involved in it, whether it was, uh, you know, a conspiracy or if it was done maliciously, right. who knows, you know, I can't right. speak to that, but the timing is that's when it happened. Gotcha. You know? So it's interesting to think about that. They, that, okay, what if they knew about this stuff back then? I mean, how deep does this go? You know, because I'm just beginning to see how deep this could go. And it's I like, would bet wow. to wager that a handful of them did. Yeah, I kind of think so too. Yeah. I kind of think so too. Yeah, no, I I, I yeah. absolutely agree. Um, well, Ford, I, I want to thank you so yeah. very much for for coming on. But before we let you go, could you please let everyone know, my audience, uh, this will be up for my members, of course, before it goes public. But could you please yeah. let everyone know where and how you could be found, and any, anything else that you would like to uh, that you would like to plug as well? And please, I, I say this to my audience uh, with truthful uh, sincerity and honesty when I uh, when I say here that what that what Ford uh, and team are doing at Phi Tribe is absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal, and I think is going to be very vital. As a matter of fact, to put the icing on the cake, I had said um, uh, when I was at Brandon's house a, a month or two ago, as of the time we're recording this, uh, I said to you guys off the record, I said, uh, it, I am of a very strong opinion that gravity waves uh, would behave to your music sympathetically if, if played in, in the laboratory when gravitational waves were generated. So again, if there's anything that, uh, that you'd like to promote, uh, now's the time to do it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you can find us at Phi Tribe on YouTube. Um, it's P H I T R I B E. It's a mathematical uh, thing, and we're also we have a, a we have an off off YouTube thing. Um, it's called Phi Tribe three six nine dot com, and uh, we have uh, all kinds of extra special things on the website for there. But uh, you can find us on YouTube, and uh, the songs uh, the the sleep songs don't have commercials in them, so you can listen to them without any kind of fear of being woken up or anything like that. Occasionally, YouTube messes up, but that's not on me. Um, and just try it out. I mean, just try it for one night and see what the difference is. It'll blow your mind. And if you want to connect on me with me personally, um, I've written two books on existential philosophy and uh, and awakening and self realization. So my personal channel is Ford's Playground on YouTube. So you got those two places. And then uh, Mix Mike is also uh, another producer here, and his channel is Mix Mike at YouTube. Well, so we all do our thing. It's all related to this. I want to thank you so much. And uh, it's for um, I want to thank you as well for having me on uh, your guys' live stream about a month ago, month and a half ago. And I just want to say as well that the live streams that you guys do for those that are watching and, and or listening uh, are also very relaxing as well. They do, a, in my opinion, it's a perfect amount of time. They don't take too short or nor too long for the stream to, to go uh, in which the, for the duration of it. Uh, but the conversations that are had on there um, and the, the people that jump in during the live chat are absolutely beautiful people so uh, again ford i just want to thank you so very kindly for coming on and uh, to everyone else we will catch all of you uh, very very soon thank you very much appreciate you thank you